everybody. Welcome into the Nostalgia Pit, a podcast aiming to dissect pop culture, the subconscious, and other psychological phenomenon through a hyperbolic and prismatic lens. Hosted by Rob Snow and Colin Cassard, mixed by Alex Riddle, and songs produced by Golden Beats, the Nostalgia Pit is available anywhere you find your podcasts. This week, we sit down with the host of the Miami Miked Up podcast, Jeremy Taché. You may recognize Jeremy's name from one of his many roles throughout sports media, including, but not limited to, being a producer for the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts podcast and as sideline reporter for the Miami Heat. Jeremy and I discuss finding silver linings in the darkness, West Coast fast food, and Fallout Boy. Yes, Fallout Boy. We also talk about trying to find a work-life balance, product placement, and working your dream job. If you want to support the podcast further, feel free to check out our new Patreon where we just released our first episode of exclusive content. You can find us at patreon.com slash the nostalgia pit. At this time, we want to thank our sponsors, Strange Loop Animation, a brand new visual arts company specializing in 2D animation. The founders of Strange Loop have been supporters of the show since day one. And as they are now supporters of the show, we are now supporters of their art. So make sure you go check them out on Instagram at Strange Loop Animations, all one word. And don't forget to go to SheetsGiggles.com. Use that promo code NOSTALGIC for 20% off your next order of eucalyptus sheets. Lastly, make sure you stay tuned until the end of the episode where we will play the song It's a File by Nostalgia Pit's own Don Travolta. Salute, Cinephobe. Alrighty then, here we go. Bring back the pinstripe. This is going to be nostalgic. Let's go. What's going on? Hello. How you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm so sorry that there was all these mix-ups. I appreciate you moving the time, accepting the delay, all of it. I promise to bring the best energy possible. Uh, I'm going yeah. to, even though I've never met you, I'm going to hold this six minutes against you. Uh, we are now <laughs> on bad terms. You've ruined the, everything's bad now. So I get it. Yep. I get it. I'd be doing uh-huh. the same thing. Yeah. Yep. It's very, very nice to meet you, first yeah. and foremost. Um, yes, yes. Wh- what's your actual name before? My- <laughs> so I yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My government name uh, my, my on my birth certificate is Colin. And that's what my, Hello, my, friends, my friends call me Colin or Hashi. Uh, either, either works. Ooh, I like Hashi. Hashi's fun. There are multiple Collins in my hometown and Hashi, like I became the Hashtronaut at a certain point mm. as like my, my rap alias. The Hashtronaut. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I'll reduce the story really quickly. Essentially, I, um, I had my own apartment senior year of high school, you know, tumultuous home life, uh, ended up getting sure. my own apartment. Um, I liked marijuana. I smoked a lot of hash. I started rapping, became the astronaut, and so yeah, that's that's how that happened. That is, I, that's a for what it's worth, great rap name. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, and yeah, then that's uh, a great name. Yeah, it evolved to Hash Adams because I was tired <laughs> of seeing it misspelled on um, posters. You'd think that like astronaut with H's, two H's in it. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't that be would hard? be pretty easy. But they were doing astronaut. 
Yeah, yeah. Or or that the ha- the knots or you know, just like there were always That would drive me absolutely up a wall. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So hash Adams, you the you you're gonna get that. You know what I mean? So I, I love ne- it. Yeah, I had no no misspellings, but um yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate uh, you course. coming into the nostalgia pit. So Of course. I'm happy to be here and appreciate um appreciate you asking me to be here, appreciate every every ounce of what it is that you're trying to do. Um and yeah, I think it's cool. Like some of the some of the prep you sent me, I try not to be too overly like robotically prepared, but I, I did come up with a, a song. Um, oh shit! Okay. Thing. So, what song uh, interests you as far as like trying to hash out its meaning, so to speak? So, 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 what it is actually is that it's more about I'm confused by how a song title came to be, and I wish that I could be in the room mm. or ask the band, okay, how that song title came to be. Um, which I can either tell you right now and we could be prepared for it, or we could just get into that conversation at some point if you'd like. No, just launch it. Let's see it. Or let's hear it. Uh, the song Head First Slide into Cooperstown on a Bad Bet by Fallout Boy. Uh, I do not understand. It is not a song about baseball. And yet, uh, that song title obviously describes Pete Rose. And um, they did a music video where they pretended to do sort of a weekend at Bernie's style music video with Pete Wentz, their bass guitar player being Bernie, but they called it weekend at Pete Rose's. And again, the song has nothing to do with baseball at all. There's no references anywhere within the album to baseball. Fall Out Boy has never really talked about baseball very much. I mean, I know like, some of them are, are baseball fans. They grew up in Chicago. They're like the Cubs, whatever. But that doesn't have anything to do with Pete Rose either. And all I want in the entire world is to know how and where head first slide into Cooperstown on a bad bet came from. Because also, what a line. Like, what a way to describe Pete Rose. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's one that's always kind of come to mind. When, when you sent over the little, uh, uh, like, topic idea, I was like, that, that was the first thing that came to mind. Well... And just in, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, pardon me. You're good. Um, just in uh, me looking at online here, it says that the two working titles for it were "Head First and um, "Does Your Husband Know." And so that makes yeah. me that that makes me think that they're thinking of the Pete Rose "Head First Slide" in the sense that Arrested Development used it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where where they like they would just show the meme and and it's just supposed to be very sexual wow. you're just diving in wow so maybe, you're maybe right oh my god I, I hope that that's what it means yeah because that is the song is yeah i mean does your husband know is like the main kind of refrain of the song so maybe that's oh my gosh i hope that it's essentially an arrested development reference cloaked in a pete rose reference if so and i really hope we cracked the code because that would be just about as as great of a reference as could be possible for me yeah and arrested development came out so that was like 2003 or 2004 so that's about four or five years before the song released very very possible my man, we have, I think we've cracked the code and cheers to that. Cheers to that. What, what a moment. This is exciting. I can't wait to tell my fiance. Hell yeah. Yeah. See, I love doing, that's like one of my favorite things is just like doing deep dives on, on pop culture moments like that, trying to find out like inner meanings and shit. It's, it's fucking fun, man. 
Uh, yeah, we did Dude Looks Like a Lady. It was a very random moment on a podcast episode where mm-hmm. I think either me or my co-host Rob, who's not here right now, but um, either one of us started the singing- Rob. The Invisible Rob. He's, he's somewhere back here. One of us started singing Dude Looks Like a Lady, and then we were like, wait- is that song problematic? Like, what is mm-hmm. what is this song about? So we, you know, pulled up the lyrics and, and went through it and stuff like that. And and yeah, but even just There's looking this, at oh, go ahead. Oh no, I apologize for interrupting. There's a a a podcast. Um, oh gosh, and now I'm forgetting the name of it. So this isn't going to be a very good story for anybody. Um, it's not Song Exploder because Song Exploder is real and not parody. Oh, okay. Um, but there's a po- a podcast that used to um, essentially go through. Oh gosh, I'm gonna look it up while I'm doing this. But it used to go through songs and basically by the end of it make parodies of those songs to be about something else. But as they did it, they would dissect the lyrics of the song. And it was like two comedians who were also sort of musically inclined. And so they would like make fun of the lyrics of these songs that you're like, if you've never actually sat down and read the lyrics, these are absolutely insane. And so they would go through and then they would rewrite the song to either. It was like, here's what the song was actually supposed to be like. And it would be, you know, something like that telling the story or it would be, you know, some sort of comedy taking it another place. But now I have to know. Um, so I'm, I'm Googling it as as we go along. Um, but I'll, I'll get back to you on that name as soon as possible. Yeah, we we call our segment Song Spelunker, but Song Exploder is um, fantastic. But essentially, ours is, yeah, it's like a, a hybrid of reckless speculation and um, like a Song Exploder type of thing. I like that. So like the way that, the way that we do it is we just like go through the lyrics and like each line we were like guessing the meaning of the whole song. And so, you know, you're a lot of just like, oh, this he must mean this in this part. And then the, taking no context of what's right. com- to come. It's just fun to do. Yeah. The podcast, by the way, is called um, Punch Up the Jam. Punch so up by the, the end jam. of it, what they would do is punch up, obviously. They would take this song and they go, here's what we needed to do to make it even better. Uh, one of my favorite episodes that you could possibly listen to is when they do uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. It is, it's tremendous. Just because the jokes that come within it and like they start breaking down the actual production of the track and some of the mm-hmm. background vocals and like, where did these random men come from? And it's just, I, I would definitely say if you're a music fan, you'll enjoy it. And some similar comedy stylings. Um, There's only, they only did it for a couple of years and it's really only good when both of those hosts are there. Eventually Mm. one of the hosts leaves. Um, But it's, it's a great show. I really, I enjoyed it for the stretch of a couple of years where, where they were in their, their prime. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's going on my, my recommendation. Yeah. I've done music for a long time. um, Whether it was, you know, playing trumpet in um, middle school and high school and then switching to hip hop in, you know, just late high school and out of high school, and then uh, switching on. Now I've been trying to make more like singer songwriter stuff, but it's just a lot of self production. Once I figured out that I could like nice. just buy a microphone and yep. and record in my closet, I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. You know what I mean? It really is unbelievable the way that that accessible production quality mm-hmm. has changed. Yeah, like it's. I mean, even in the last few years, just since we all started doing all of this via Zoom, right? There's all these people who now have better mic setups, yep. and can just you know record anything. Yeah, um, it's it's really cool. Yeah, as we both have the the Shure SM7B microphone yep. that we were recording into. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, apparently, it's the microphone Thriller was recorded into. Uh, I did not know that, but my uh, engineer, shout out to Riddle, he told us that. And who would have thought? 
Yeah. So, By the way, um, I know we're already recording and doing this, um, but would you like me? I know we're you know we're in the middle of a podcast here, but would you like me to record my own track here and or as I flip on the original sound? Does this sound better than what I was sounding like before? Uh, it sounds much better. We probably should have thought about that and done these these things. But yeah, you know, if you want to record a local track, you can. You can send it to me. The audio will shift uh, partway through, and that probably would have been better. But perfect. If not, we've got this original sound here. But I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and start recording my own track because we just got to know each other so well. This was just a, a a nice way of um you know getting in everything here and being able to. Uh, you know, just have an organic conversation the way that we normally like to start things on Levitar 2, right? Just a normal organic conversation leading into a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's the same same way that, um, you know, we do the things here. And essentially, I ripped that idea from listening to the Levitar because during the pandemic, being very depressed and being alone and stuff like that, I was like, oh, I want to talk to my friends and hang out with my friends too. So, you know, I, I racked my brain and I thought about some of my favorite people in the world that it doesn't matter if I've missed, you know, years in between seeing them. Uh, uh, it's all good because, you know, you see them again and everything's great. And I was like, oh, you know, I got a couple of buddies that I always wanted to make more music with and collaborate more with. And I asked them to do a podcast with me. And it's been a fantastic and fun ride. A very much learning experience about myself. You know what I mean? Like I was very anxious Absolutely. when I started it. Um, you know, doing the production level, all the, all the production on myself, uh, as well. So just learning how all of that works and it's, it's been a lot of fun and now I'm getting to the point where it's professional and, and we're doing things correctly. We just had Shiggles, uh, Colin from Shiggles on, hey, hey. um, the episode came out yesterday and he was a fantastic interview. I have one of my favorite hip hop artists of all time coming on at the end of the month. His name's Blockhead, uh, hip hop oh, producer, shoot. fantastic, uh, dude from, New York City. And yeah, it's just, it's been a lot go, of fun. There you go, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what's so cool about like this recent, um, you know, it's really difficult to find silver linings to what the last few years have been. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of us who have dealt with, whether it be anxiety or depression or whatever else uh, going into it, have only had that exacerbated by what the last few years have been. Um, and in some cases, some people have had onsets of those things that have, have been a direct cause. Yeah. Um, but if we're trying, which I am constantly doing, uh, despite all of those things, to find any sort of silver linings in what has been a bit of a hellscape over the last few years um, for society, not necessarily for me personally, it's been, which is another weird dichotomy to actually deal with when you're dealing with your own anxieties. But um, you know, when you're looking for for any sort of silver linings, I think there's a lot of people who have been able to do exactly what you're talking about, which is connect with folks they never would have, um, whether it be because they've, you know, made a podcast like, you know, you've done here or I know like Yeti and Andrew have done or Lauer After Hours, like and that's just related to the Levitard show and fans of the show let alone all these other people all across the country who have done the same thing for a number of different reasons. Even to the point where like now, just the way the podcast industry has increased, like I'm watching a bunch of old like Nickelodeon and Disney stars who were like, you know, child stars get together and do podcasts together. And like, yeah. that's all because of this weird time that we all existed in where it was like for about six months, all that existed were people doing, you know, podcasts on zoom like that was the only content you could consume at all and so everybody 
you know, took these moments to connect with others. And like, I've made some really beautiful friendships out of the last few years as a result, which is like something that's, I'm going to try always to remember when thinking back on this time. Cause I think eventually, you know, there comes a time where we look back at it like, oh man, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, if we're all so lucky to, to, <laughs> to be around that, you know, looking back, we're going to have like these blanket statements and moments about, you know, how terrible it was and because it that's the predominant feeling. Yeah. But what I'm trying to remember is all of these little beautiful things that that came out of it on the other side where mm -hmm. people came out with this new mindset of connecting. Um, and I hope like I hope that that maintains yeah. um, because because if not, then, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to think back on on these last few years with any sort of you know, fondness for, for the whole country. Again, like individually I've had, you know, I'm, I'm engaged to be married. I've, I've had a nice, you know, time professionally. Um, it's been wonderful, but within this, you know, hellscape. So not to get too dark and weird, but <laughs> you know, we dip into the darkness all the time here. You got to get the ladle, bring it down, take a sip sometimes, you know, and it is, it brings perspective to the light. You know what I mean? Because if, if everything, like I was listening to, I love that. or I was, I was talking uh, with my, my partner, uh, Selena a little while ago about movies. And it's like, when you go to, when you, every single movie in Hollywood has the happy ending, like it becomes yep. like, you, like, I don't know. Like I, I, I started writing movies recently. I did some screen screen uh, writing classes, and so as I've started to like understand the concept of what goes into screenwriting and screenplays and stuff like that, it's just very. I've I've just been examining and hyper examining story making so much more, mm -hmm. and th we need more bad endings. You know what I mean? Yep. We need more good guys losing because at this point, what we have is we have just people getting beaten down by life and the bad guys always winning. And then, so we go to Hollywood to escape, but like it just creates like an interesting dichotomy and puts people in two separate wor worlds where they're okay with both bad movies and bad life. You know, it's why it's why I actually think um, the show Shit's Creek was so brilliant. Um, and I don't know if you've, you've watched it or enjoyed yeah. it. Okay. So it's why I think it's brilliant because they created an alternate version of the world. Like it, it wasn't, a Marvel superhero world where things were non-human. Mm -hmm. All they did was just tweak it ever so slightly to where in this community, like hate crimes don't exist. You know, like where everybody was just loving and accepting by default. Um, you know, there's this really, there's so many powerful scenes within that movie, you know, within that show, I'm currently rewatching it and I've just come about a couple of them, which is, um, one of the characters, Patrick has to come out to his parents, um, as gay, he's in a relationship and his partner, David didn't know that, that his parents were unaware that they were in a relationship. And so he invites his partner, Patrick's parents into town for a surprise birthday, whatever. Sorry for all the spoiler alerts, but, but essentially it's been like 10 years, right? couple of years, but his, 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 his parents are devastated, not because he's gay, but because he didn't feel like he could tell them. That was it. Mm -hmm. There was never even a thought like, we don't care that Patrick is gay. We care that he didn't feel comfortable enough to tell us. Mm -hmm. And then there's even another just little tiny scene where it's 
David and Patrick, and then a sister and a friend, so two women, who go to see a wedding venue. And the initial assumption by um, the person taking them around the wedding venue is that uh, Patrick and Stevie, is the name of the girl, are together as the couple. And he's like, oh, hello to the lovely couple. And they're like, oh, no, 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 not us. And it's not him getting, you know, concerned that, oh, gosh, you know, there's a gay couple here. He turns to the two women. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, ladies. The joke is not that it couldn't be the gay couple. The joke is just it couldn't be David. You know, like there's these really beautiful ways of just creating an alternate version of our universe where it's all love and acceptance. And I think that like that is such a beautiful way of 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 writing and creating something that is a bit alternate to our timeline while still having real life moments and experiences and just showing us, hey, this is another way it could play out. You know, this is the way we could all be. And how wonderful would that be? How much happier would we all be? I just think it's a it's a perfect example of kind of what you're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you 100%. I love that show. Um, more positivity in the world would be a fantastic thing. It's really hard to do it in um, cinema and, and in media without being saccharine and, mm. and feeling like massively uh, contrite, you know, behind, you know, it's like for sure. Uh, I mean, it's the joke that Mike has about Pablo's voice. It's like, I could be saying anything, but it sounds like I'm smiling, you know, and it's talking about something <laughs> yes. horrible. Have you heard about the re most recent mass shooting? You know, just type of thing. Yeah, or whatever, right, you know? right, um, right. Not to bring it down once again, but we dip into the darkness. I apologize. But um, no, you're good. I wanted to uh, hit you with a stat of the day. I, I prepared oh, a stat of the day. It. Stat of the day, stat of the day, it is the stat of the day. The long version, just 11 minutes of glory. Um, so I want to bring you back to 1995. 1995 was an interesting year. Was it, I have a question for you, was it the year you were born? It was the year I was born. Okay. It was the year I was born. So I prepared this stat before I, I found that out. And then I was like, wait, is Jeremy born around 95? And then I, I looked, I tried to look it up online and all I could find was your high school class. And I was like, that looks like it's about 95. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we're going back to 1995. It was fate. All right. The average price of uh, a gallon of gas in the United States was $1.15. Okay. Oh. Now at $4 and 64 cents, it has gone up 403%. Okay. Now the average ticket for a movie was $4 and 35 cents. Now at 11.75, it has gone up 254%. Uh, the national rent average was six hundred and fifty-five dollars. Now at nineteen hundred and thirty-seven, it's gone up to two hundred and ninety-six percent. But of course, the fast food chain Jack in the Box debuted a new promotional deal: two tacos for ninety-nine cents in nineteen ninety-five. After disappearing for a few years, these American cheese-laden folders filled with a substance that's not meat or even quote a protein source of any kind, are back again for the wonderful price of two for a dollar at the amazing inflation rate of zero percent. Hell yeah, Jack in the Box. Good for you. Yep. So, you know, if America's going to collapse and everything's going to go up hundreds and hundreds percent inflation, at least we have two tacos from Jack in the Box. Um, I was watching a baseball game uh, the other day and the Jack in the Box commercial came on and they were like, 
we're bringing the, the deal back. And I was like, I feel like that's been there forever. And so I had to, I had to look it up. 1995. That's my favorite is when fast food chains in particular are the best at this at advertising something that's just been around the entire time. But they're just like reminding you like, hey, this exists, but it's new. But it's not new. It's not new. It's been around for 28 years. That's amazing. That's amazing. And like, I think the only things that will survive the nuclear apocalypse are cockroaches and the two tacos that you can get for 99 cents a jack in the box. As someone who has never had Jack in the Box, I look forward to trying that at some someday. Well, so I, I, in doing my research, I realized it's not an East Coast thing. Apparently, it not never got all. east of the the Mississippi, and so it's weird for me because, um, like when I was a kid, the the Jack in the Box uh, antenna toppers were huge. Like one out of every three cars would have the little Jack in the Box helmet guy on top oh, of wow. your an- car antenna. So not only yeah. are car antennas not only a thing anymore, right, right. but they like antenna toppers used to be a thing where people would put like a little foam whatever on top of your antenna. My grandma used to put like really bright flowers because she would always lose her car in the parking lot. So she would put bright flowers on her That's antenna great. topper as a means to be able to always recognize where her car was. And Hell that was yeah. my, that was my absolute favorite thing but no i mean jack in the box is not a thing over here like i actually i just had an in in and out for the first time just a couple of months ago when i went uh out to san francisco and it was like you know everybody always talks about it It, it's a big deal so i gotta next time i'm out on the west coast i gotta get some jack in the box i don't know if you do actually though um i mean maybe just to say (laughs) that you have have to try those terrible tacos i have no choice if i have a dollar i gotta do it don't get don't get the burgers but the tacos are interesting. So interesting fact. Interesting once again, fa- is not how I want my food described. They don't describe them as meat. They're, they don't have meat. They don't have protein. They don't list anything online. So when you get a description, it is a taco with cheese, lettuce, and sauce. And that's all they say. Like that's they can't disgusting. legally call it meat. It doesn't say beef. It doesn't say soy. It doesn't say protein alternate. Like, what is it? There's, it doesn't even call it a protein. That's disgusting. I I can't. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't do That's it. That's what I'm saying. Okay, but going. You said you just tried the internet. What was your thoughts after all of the hype going into it? Good. Good. Like it was good. Yeah, it so was good. Out of it was 10, not uh, out of. Uh, give it a rating. Out of ten on my expectations, or out of ten in general? You got to factor in the expectations. This is a generalized yeah, ten. I I would still say it was like a a, a good seven and a half. Okay. Like I, I've got, I, I still think it's, it, it was certainly one of the better fast food experiences that I've had. Um, yeah, I agree to it's, that. It's certainly, but it's just not like, like the hype is just so crazy. And I also will say like, it, it probably depends on your experience. I went and like the food I was given was clearly like, it was a busy time. So it wasn't like everything was like super, super, super fresh. The fries mm. weren't like as crispy as they could have been. You know what I mean? Like, if I had had the perfect in and out experience, then maybe I'd be saying, you know, it's a little bit higher up, but it was clear that it was just, you know, busy day, whatever was going on. And it was good. It was, it was solid. I definitely wouldn't say that it was bad. I definitely wouldn't like criticize anything about it. I, I did like their like off menu or whatever secret fries or whatever. Animal style? Did yeah. Animal style. They were great. They were great. But and unique. I appreciate something that's unique to an individual fast food chain. Like I, yeah. I do think that that's that that's why I want to try these Jack in the Box tacos. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say you know, solid seven and a half. So a couple things about In and Out. One, the fries will never be crispy or good. They're they're either they're either too soft or they're they're uh, hollow. 
because mm. they've been fried too much. So the reason for this is it is simple science. Uh, you know, I, I've been in restaurant or I wasn't, I'm not in restaurants anymore, but I was in restaurants for 15 years, started multiple restaurants, started my own burger restaurant. I know all about, um, Dude, your life I, is fascinating. Why aren't I interviewing you? What's happening here? I'll come on anytime, you know, yeah, anytime you talk. Want. Uh, yeah, I'm down. But, um, Point is, simple food science would deem that when you're making french fries, you're supposed to de-starch your potato. So if you're making french fries at home, what you do, or, you know, home fries, hash browns, whatever, right? You put right. the, you, you soak the potato in water. But what In-N-Out does is they, 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 they're all about the fresh french fries. So they just split the potato immediate, and immediately mm. throw it in the oil. And so it's just like, dude, I get it. You're cutting a step out. You're saving yourself in labor. And so that's, in, interestingly enough, in starting this burger restaurant with the guy who, uh, the, the ownership company, they wanted me to like study in and out and the way that in and out is run because it's so efficient, the volume mm. that they can produce. But that's one of the reasons why is like, they don't actually cut a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, steps out of it, but that is the main step that makes in and out French fries, in my opinion, a Two out of ten, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the burger's good. And they're the burger's right, always. Burger going to was be good. good. Burger was was really good. Like that's what that's what kind of kept it up for me was I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And I can tell that this is a consistent thing. Like I it, it's yeah. one of those you're eating it and you're like, oh, okay. I know that if I wanted to come here any given time, this yes. is the level of burger I'm gonna get. Yes. And for that, like that's why I have it as high as I did. The fries yeah. were that's why I think that's the disappointment level that I had. I think that's mm -hmm. why it's as low as a 7.5, mm -hmm. is because I just expected animal style fries to be this like unbelievable experience and they were good you know they were fine and maybe that maybe that get maybe that's the thing that gets me you know yep. thrown off the show or something the uh the consistency they have mcdonald's level consistency so that's like mm. one of the most important things when you're when you're starting a business is you always like For especially sure. food it's like you need to have the customer be able to come back and have the same experience so like it's so fucking hard to do that with small businesses, but you know, regardless. Um, so if you can hammer in the consistency, so in and out was able to do that. Another thing they have is they have their own farms so they can keep their beef oh, prices wow. really cheap. And mm. so that's why your burger price is like what? Three fifty or three twenty five. Yeah, right. I was shocked. Yeah, it's I like, was shocked. it's a really good deal. And so, uh, and then the, the biggest reason that it is where it is in pop culture is the big Lebowski. He lives in North Hollywood on Radford near the in and out burger. Oh, the In-N-Out burgers on Camrose. Near the In-N-Out burger. Those are good burgers, Walter. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Yep. Yep. No, you're right. I think whenever you can get a reference in a, in a movie that's as, you know, iconic as that one, that's what's ultimately going to happen for you is is you get to stick around because of that. And that that's like, that's huge. Like, I don't, I don't think people realize, like, no product placement isn't necessarily always, like, I would think worth the money right like i mm -hmm. think about it all the time where like you know somebody's riding up in like a kia whatever in some movie or a hyundai whatever and like nobody really cares but if you can get like actual dialogue spoken about it's no different than the way you know everybody talks about it on the, on the show where you know they'll make jokes about like oh if we accidentally just start shouting out this brand and organically talking about it that's going to do better than any sort of you know, quote unquote, ad read would. Yep, yep. Um, and I think that like, that's the same deal in a movie where if you get lucky enough that that's part of the script. Another uh, uh, sort of reference is there's, um, I, do you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? It's my favorite show of all time. I think it's okay, the greatest. So, 
Yeah. Genius. One of my favorite shows also. I listen to slash watch their podcast sort of mm-hmm. religiously. Yeah. And just a couple of weeks ago, or I guess a couple episodes ago, it's been a while since they've released an episode, but uh, they spoke about uh, Dave and Buster's. So there's an episode of Always Sunny where they do the dollar dollar bills, y'all, and they do uh, Dave and Buster's. Um, is that the same? That might not, the dollar dollar bills, y'all, might be a different thing. Nonetheless, uh, they they basically decide that they're going to create the same sort of pay structure yeah, as yeah, yeah. Dave and Buster's and whatever. What they revealed on the podcast was that it was because Dave and Buster's basically said we want to pay X amount of money to advertise with Always Sunny, and FX had told them, "All right, we want you to organically fit it in the show." What they didn't find out from FX was that Dave and Buster's would also have the entire commercial block of the entire 30 minute episode when they aired it live for the first time. So not only are you getting hammered over the head with Dave and Buster's inside the show for like the majority of the plot, but then it was going to commercial and you were getting Dave and Buster's commercials. And so for them, it was completely ruined. It pissed fans off. It ruined the episode of the show for everybody. Now you watch it on streaming and it's to me, one of their funniest concepts for an episode. It's a great episode. but but when you watched it live, they were hammering you over the head with this advertising. And their whole point was your advertising would have been way better off if you spent no money on commercials and just let us do this in the show. And ultimately, like they said, FX, miscommunication, blah, blah, blah. But still, it that's the like ultimate example of like that would have been so much better for them if they did absolutely no actual advertising outside of what felt like something really organic within the show. Yeah, that's if I would have seen that live, that would have pissed me off immensely. Right? So I agree in 100%. And then two, the line, you know, it would be cheaper to get a bottle than to just chug the individual glasses of Merlot, right? That's it's like so mm, you're going to need to take that judgment off of your face and They're go back such and get mon- us. <laughs> They're such monsters. I love that show. It's yes. great. It's yeah. one of the greatest. They're geniuses. It's- Absolutely fantastic. So um, I'm sure you get this a lot, but are you in fact for people? Because how are you doing so much stuff? Like you, you're, you're mentioning a lot of podcasts that you're you're in on. You're mentioning, uh, well, I mean, you're not mentioning, but you're just you do so much stuff with the Heat, with the Marlins, with the Lebitard Show, Miami Miked Up. Like you have a fiance. Is does she either get no time or what? Like how how do you are you an insomniac? Like this is crazy. Uh, I. Insomniac, not by um, not by being by being forced to be, but not because I can't sleep, just because I have no time for it. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'm doing a lot. Um. I, I appreciate I appreciate you asking. Yeah, it's really difficult to to balance. To be perfectly honest, like yeah, I, I truly do wish that I had more time to just spend you know nice evenings with my fiance as opposed to doing social media for X Y Z game. Um, you know, now's the time to sort of grind at this stuff, Yeah. but you know, work-life balance, I think is important. Like I'm, I'm, I'm someone who constantly preaches work-life balance. I do my best to have it, but I also mm. don't always practice what I preach. Um, and so, yeah, I have plenty of days where I'm working like 20 hour days where I'm waking up and basically waking up at five 30, starting to edit something that I didn't get to the night before, you know, and basically working until whatever game is over at one in the morning. Um, you know, that, that does happen a lot. There is a balance I am doing, you know, I'm helping to produce Levitard show, a couple of the other spinoff podcasts, you know, podcasts within the network, host my own podcast, produce that guest booker, all those things for that sideline reporter for the heat, 
you know, covering the Marlins, digital host and reporter, you know, it's a whole bunch of things. Um, but they're so fun. And I'm so like, I'm sitting here on the front end saying like, yeah, I wish I had more time on the back end. Let me make it very clear. Like this is, I'm so blessed. Like I cannot believe and blessed is like, it's such a uh, trite Hashtag term blessed. for how I feel. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's like, and I'm not even like, I'm not a religious person. So it's not even like that. It's just more of like, I can't believe I get to do this. And I can't believe I get to do it here. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a South Florida kid. I love your Florida Marlins hat that you have on right now. Like I was raised with that logo and these teams. And these are the teams that helped me fall in love with sports, whether it was the Heat, you know, Dwayne Wade's rookie year, his first championship, you know, the Marlins in 03. You know, I, I was never a huge hockey fan, but I've always sort of been near the Panthers. And so I've been going to those games since I was pretty young and, and have grown to really love that team. And so to get to cover all three of these franchises for a living and now get to work with my favorite show, like Levitard Show is something I've been listening to since I was a teenager. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that I've I've loved that I, I truly fell in love with when I was in college. Um, and now to be around these guys who have been an inspiration for me. it I again, I cannot believe I get to do any of this. Like, I feel so fortunate. Um so yeah, I mean, managing time is difficult, uh, yeah. but if that's the if that's the most difficult thing that I have to do within this business, then I'm I'm certainly a very lucky person. Yeah, I yeah I hear that 100. percent And they always say work life balance, but the fact is, if you love what you do, and you can like that, you don't need a work life balance. Like work life balance like becomes a thing when you're like lying to your partner about what you're going, what the expectations are, like what you can put forth. Right. That's a really great, I think that's a really great way of putting it. Right. Like, yeah. Communication is everything in a relationship and everything mm -hmm. in life. You know, like obviously you have to have a partner that's willing to, uh, uh, not have as much, you know, just like hang out, sit on the couch time. Well, and, and also just someone who's, who's willing to like love and support your Mm -hmm. passion. Right. Cause like not everybody, um, follows their passions into their work. Um, and so there is this really difficult thing for me where I also have to remember sometimes like, no, this is, this is work. And so saying no to whatever is because I'm saying no to extra work, even if it sounds like something that is fun. And so that's something for, for me to balance with, but like to have a partner who is so loving and supporting through the fact that like, yeah, no, you're going to explore your passion and it's going to be very, very difficult to, you know, manage your time, but I'm going to love and support you through that. I wouldn't be able to do any of this if I didn't have someone in my corner who was so like unrelentingly loving and supporting of what it is that I get to do um, mm. as a living. Like it's cra- it's crazy to get to do this. And so I wouldn't be doing it if not for her love and support too. So like that is incredibly helpful and it's awesome. Like I, I again, I count myself very, very lucky as we started at sort of the beginning of this in a weird few years um, in the country. Like I, I feel so, so fortunate to have had like as many things break my way as they have. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say congratulations to you, sir, for all of it. Um, Thank you. From everything that Yeti has said about you and everything that everyone I've ever heard say anything about you, it is all well-deserved and well-earned. Uh, your work That's ethic is, is uh, um, a inspiration to folk like me who uh, are trying to 
uh, pursue our passions and get into a place where, you know, we can do do these type of things. So that's incredibly kind. Um, love Yeti and probably whoever else you spoke to. <laughs> um, but like it, it is uh, it, it doesn't go unappreciated that um, that is seen and that that is is viewed as anything other than like the, the fact that you view that positively and that other folks do too, it is sort of like, you know, uh, I'm constantly sort of saying how lucky I feel that thus far the internet is really nice to me. Um, and that'll change. Like the more I get involved in the show, I'm sure the, that'll change. Um, but like, I'm someone who's been lucky here where like early in my career, um, I've just had a lot of support from literal strangers who have then turned into friends. And like, that is a, that's something that I, I like, I kind of feel like I caught the internet at the right time. Like I caught Twitter at the right time, social media at the right time to where like now, if I was somebody who even was just five years younger, who was graduating from, you know, college, five, six years younger, who's graduating from college now getting into this business, I wouldn't be so sure that, that you could even find that space. And so like, I, again, there's so many different things that have broken right I like very much understand like the level of privilege that I was like born with, born into, and then got to work. And like, yeah, you know, I appreciate what you say about like my work ethic and stuff. And I have worked really hard, but on the same token, I'm aware of the fact that like, I also have had a lot of things kind of go my way from the beginning and not dealt with some of the same strife that some other people do from a young age. And so what I've tried to do is is take advantage of that, work as hard as I can and try to get to where I, I hope to be. But also like I am desperate to make impact on others in a positive way um, because I understand the level of like luck that has gone into some of this. And so I try to I try to um, meet other kind people with kindness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. well, I mean, it shows. And you've Thanks. managed to. Um, Enter the the Lebitard sphere without angering the listeners, which is something that is not um, light. <laughs> like anytime a new voice comes on, more often than not, people are like, "Who's this person?" or "What are they talking about?" Whether it's like, you know, for for you know, we'll give a, pl a plethora of examples, but you know, like maybe sure. a person's confident on the microphone and quick to jump in and say stuff. And then people will be like, oh, well, who's this new person like <laughs> jumping in and you know, cutting people off? And yeah, nobody likes confidence. I'll tell you that. Pe let's Peter in here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, they want me to Peter in. So I, that's what I learned. I just got to Peter in. Well, just keep, all I'm saying is, is you're doing a great thing. Uh, keep up the puns, those little jokes. <laughs> Thank you. Crushing it. You know, every now and then I'm just like, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad I could get a fist bump out of you. Yeah, it's my. Yeah. Uh, I think for now that's going to be my my space. Is that those are the only windows I can fit in? Is when there's a pun available, to then get sent to the penalty box. Yeah. Well, the penalty box seems like it's chill or it's hell. You know, one of the two. But uh, I'm excited to see what the new studio is going to hold. It's, it's going to be. You know, if, if if and when I come back to Miami next time, um, it will be fun to not have to go to South beach to like, Oh boy, just be in the area. And I only can imagine how you guys like traveling and that commute. Like I've only been to Miami twice seeing that commute. I'm like, Holy shit. Like I cannot tell you we were, everybody was making jokes that this move is for me because I'm someone who lives in, I live in Broward County. Oh, wow. Um, so I live, I live North. Like yeah. I'm, you know, the Stugat says he drives from Orlando. It's not, I'm not quite Parkland, but I'm, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. And so I'm like right near this, the train station. 
Okay. And so now, and the train station drops off. It's like a six minute walk to our new studios. Hell yeah. So I'm going from being somebody who was, who was driving an hour and 10 minutes every morning and at least an hour and a half, if not two hours on the way back to now it's a 35 minute train. This is oh, going to be life changing for me. Like I cannot yeah. even begin to tell you. So I'm, I'm stoked. And, and I'll tell you like the new studio is gorgeous. Um, it's, it's going to be really fun. And, and I obviously like, there's going to be a learning curve. We've got some, it's, there's new things situated, cameras in different places, people set up in sort of different spots. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's going to be, it's really cool and it's really beautiful visually. Like, I think you guys are really going to enjoy watching the product. Um, and it shouldn't change anything in terms of, of listening. So, um, I'm super excited and I know the rest of the crew is as well. Fuck yeah. Well, I'm sure that excitement will translate and then hopefully the, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I have faith is all that, that, that that's all that matters. As you should. I have faith as you should. Yeah. Uh, I found the Levit like the Levitard show, you know, I knew about it and then pandemic, you know, going back to the pandemic, it really like cemented it as a, an everyday thing in my life where it's like, I started consuming the show as it was coming out regularly. And, you know, when I first, when I went to the first Moss, the mini Moss, um, I shook Dan's hand and thanked him essentially. Um, you know, and, and, and said, you know, thank you for doing this because, you know, you've managed to open up all these doors and now I've met you, I've met Yeti, et cetera. So, and I'll tell you from, from the same perspective, it feels the same and it felt the same before I was ever involved in the show. Like mm -hmm. I, I would have thanked Dan from, for the exact same thing. And this whole show for, for bringing me and thousands upon thousands of others through tough times in their lives, right? Like having friends that you can have in your head, um, to take you through three or four hours of a day is, is something that's special and something that's unique. And I think the show is something special. So I'm, I'm grateful to even be on the outskirts. Fuck yeah, man. Well, I want to say thank you for being a guest. And, um, on the last note, I want to say bring back pinstripes and basketball uniforms. Why did Hell they go yeah. away? I'm into that. I'm what into is happening? that. I, I like that. I like that. It wouldn't be a thing for the heat. They never had it, but I'm bring it back for the rockets, bring, bring it, it back, back for the, sh bring the Hornets. It absolutely Everyone. absolutely Everyone i am in on this suggestion i will help you if you want to start a petition on social media i am there to back you up wholeheartedly in on pinstripes in the nba 100 percent. hell yeah all right <laughs> all sir right, man. well thank you for being guest i'll patch together everything in post um feel free to send me the file uh whenever you get a chance and sincerely i sincerely appreciate you coming in thank you for Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry for, for moving everything around. I'd love to come on again and we can dive into some more of the actual nostalgia stuff that I know you probably want to get to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm we could happy to have you back. Would love to. Would Sweet. love to. So reach out anytime and yeah, DM me or email so that I can send you that, um, that track. Okay. Sounds great. All right, dude. I'll talk right. to you later. Have a good one. Thank you Peace. again. This was fun. Sit. Oh. Sit. 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 Sit.